Hello, it's Mimi Kelly. I cannot believe it has taken me so long to come and shout. But I tell you, Trump's insurrection, the holidays, and I've been sick. It just took the best of me. And so I could not believe it has been so long since I came to shout with you. So I pray that in 2021, you are determined to continue to shine your light to have hope, to overcome, to use God's power, and to take charge of your life. This morning, I woke up to a scripture, and I tell you, this scripture has governed my life. It says, Isaiah um, chapter 40, verse 31, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not faint. And that is what this journey is about. Because I tell you, there are no guarantees right now. People are angry. There's a lot of confusion. Everyone is confusing right from wrong. And so we just have to hold on to our hope. Be tied to hope. I went to a memorial of a friend who passed from COVID. That's the other thing. So many deaths. It is hard to shout in the midst of such pain and suffering and death that the United States has, has seen. But that's what we're called to do. And so in my friend's memorial, um, God bless her soul, Vera Bagnerice, um, my source memorial, I learned that her dissertation for her PhD in theology uh, and counseling was tied to hope. And so thank you for that gift of being tied to hope. And that's what we're to do. We're to shout and be hopeful, stand on the H. So with that, I am always trying to find a different way to communicate with you to, to reach people because I'm called to love on people with my voice and with the written word. And so I'm going to read a piece that I wrote and it is called Mama Kelly Speaks. And in this piece, I go back to my big mama's style um, because she's the one that gave me the shout. And if you've listened to any of these, you know that she's the one that has given me the shout. So I'm just going to read Mama Kelly Speaks. And they've been coming to me frequently, and I'm going to keep sharing them, and I will keep um, podcasting and recording them because I think there's a good way to share them. And so Mama Kelly speaks. It's on Medium, um, and it says, Oh, Lord, this country is in bad shape. And quite frankly, I'm too old for this phase of its evolution. But despite everything, this is my country, and I'm going to be here for everybody while we overcome, or at least get past this hateful phase and the pandemic. When you see Mama Kelly speak, she's speaking from a porch in the South. I'll be saying my piece here from my front porch. You can call it what you want, but I'm calling it Mama Kelly Speaks because now is not the time for fancy language, drawn-out analysis, and complicated editing. Here, I'm going to make it plain. 
Most times I'll be brief and straight to the point because two plus two equals four, no matter what Fox News says, and the world is round and there's no need to make life confusing. But this first one is long, sort of rambling, like the opening statement of the attorneys for the former president in his impeachment trial, because there's so much going on to discuss. Think of this first Mama Kelly Speaks as the Bob Marley of essays. It's long, but I love me some Bob Marley, don't you? Also, in this first one, I need you to know who I am sitting on this porch talking to you. So put your seatbelt on. We're going to stop in D.C. Then I'm going to take you to L.A., which is my second home when I'm not in Georgia on the front porch. Just bear with me. I'll get to the four things at the end. But first, let me speak on a few things for the record. The title of this Mama Speak is Four Things to Help America. So I say in it, just bear with me. I'll get to the four things at the end, but first let me speak on a few things for the record. First off, those children of God that stormed the Capitol on January 6th were filled with enough anger to scorch the bottom of the earth. The audio is scarier than the videos. While watching my draw drop to the floor, I've been waiting to make sense of it all so that I could write to you. And that is the truth. I have not known what to say. This week, all week, I've been watching the Democrats' edited version because I just can't believe that this has happened in our beloved country, our beloved America. How can we be the light on the hill for other countries if we have so many angry children of God running around? And let's be clear, nothing about terrorizing the Congress, attacking police, hurting others, and killing folks is funny. But like Mary Poppins saying, it takes a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. So it's going to take a little humor for me to carry on in America at this time. From my porch, I'll be able to see our progress. An article on Forbes, if you read the piece, it gives you the link, gives details of the 140 policemen attacked and injured. One died after being beat with a fire hydrant, and you can imagine how much that hurt. Lord have mercy. Two died by suicide. Poor officers just couldn't take it more. God bless their souls. And another is in the jeopardy of losing his eye. It was hard to see the separate stabbings because there were so many flags. Trump flags, American flags, and Confederate flags. There were more flags than I'd ever seen in my life. And the thing that had me stumped the most was how did all of those flags get to Washington, D.C.? And why didn't the airlines call the FBI when they were checked in baggage claim? I believe it's because they receive extra baggage fees. They make a lot of money with those fees, you know. Somebody needs to investigate who manufactured all those flags and how they got to the Capitol. Another thing I kept wondering about is who dressed those angry children of God? If you look at a picture, they look like something out of the book of Eli. That Denzel, that's a pretty man movie before the costume designer showed up on set. I also want to prevent the Black Lives Matter angry children of God from meeting up with the Trump insurrection angry children of God in Black Lives Matter Square in Washington, D.C. The leaders have to make sure this doesn't happen. I'm calling on Maxine Waters, 
Cory Booker and Karen Bass to stay on this. Also, Al Sharpton needs to keep an eye on, in the, on any developments in this realm. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that any black angry child of God has ever stormed the Capitol and lived to talk about it because they haven't, okay? It's not okay. I've been black all my life, so I understand why black people are angry. Hell, my mama, before she got a PhD, my big mama, my daddy Floyd, and my grandpa Willie B sat on the back of the bus and drank out of colored only water fountain. And it's a wonder that I haven't bled to death. I have so many cuts from racist incidents. That's another piece that I've already written. Oh Lord, my dog is barking. So I understand anger, but excessive anger, excessive anger where you're climbing the walls, bursting windows and torching stuff never leads to anything good. And trampling a woman to death and killing police officers are just wrong. America, we must deal with all of the angry children of God just as soon as we get, just as soon as we get through this trial and get everyone vaccinated. President Biden is setting up 100 COVID-19 vaccination centers, and I suggest that they set up 100 therapy centers right beside them. Good mental health is essential, and right now the bridge between white and black and people of color is anger. Trumpian whites feel like they're being left behind. I'm not so sure where they're going and that blacks and immigrants are taking the country over. I watched the White Noise documentary produced by the Atlantic magazine, which was so good, although I missed some of it. I plan to learn more and watch it again on Amazon Prime this weekend. But the stuff that those young alt-right angry children of God believe is something else. They say that they're smarter than everybody in the land, that they don't need minorities, and that moving forward, they don't need any of us people of color because they built America all by themselves in the first darn place. All I could do while watching that documentary was shake my head. I guess their ancestors didn't tell them about those shiploads of Africans bought to American shores to pick cotton, which was the engine of America's economy during those times. I reckon they don't see Hispanics working on farms, flipping burgers, cleaning houses, and cutting grass, doing all the stuff they're too damn smart to do. Bless their hearts, Hispanics are overcoming too, and I'm so proud of how they're doing after being put on America's bottom rung. Anyway, I'll be back next week. For, so for now, let me wrap this up with a little hope. Always we got to leave with hope. The H in shout is hope. <clears throat> By now, I'm sure you've forgotten how many things I was pointing out. I had said I would leave us with four things that America needed to do. The first is unmasking the hate. First off, when all the angry children of God, black, white, and every color in between get home from storming the Capitol or marching somewhere, I want them to take off their mask. Hopefully they're wearing a mask as Dr. Fossey recommends. Then I want them to look deep in their hearts, whether it's white, black, or some other color in between on the inside and say, dear God, I don't want to be angry. 
I don't want to storm the Capitol or riot in the streets. I want to be happy. Help me find what would make me happy in this imperfect world. Some things are going to have to accept, like my introduction statement, 2 plus 2 equals 4. They're going to have to admit that the world isn't perfect by no means. Then they should get quiet and still. The best times to do this is late at night or in the wee hours of the morning. Just like today, my dog started barking. My husband came home and interviewed my reading this story on the podcast. So that's when I did it. I listen, you must listen closely and receive the answer that feels right for you. I felt a little ticket t- tickle in my stomach when I did it. Then start taking baby steps to do what they hear. Hopefully you won't hear that you're supposed to be famous or a social media story star. Lord knows we don't need any more celebrities. I don't know what it'll be. Maybe you're supposed to be an astronaut. If so, then go work for Elon Musk. Whatever you hear, do it quickly. Then please put the flags and signs down and make a concrete plan because I believe if you start doing what you came to this planet to do, then you'll feel better about living in an imperfect world and the anger will eventually subside. I did this 29 years ago. Down here, I go with my part and why I feel qualified to speak on the angry children of God. Are you buckled up? We're going to go to Los Angeles, the city that made me the woman I am. It was 1992 in Los Angeles when the Los Angeles angry children of God were in the streets on account of that 15-year-old Latasha Harlins being shot in the back of the head by... Uh, Sung Da Ju, a liquor store owner. Latasha allegedly was still in orange juice. Later, they said the child had money in her hand. I don't know, but every night as I would peep in on my three little boys, I think to myself, why not just give her, give the child the damn orange juice? It was a horrible time. And in that same year, Rodney King had the living daylight speed out of him. And the more I watched it on TV, the more scared I became about the safety of my three sons and husband. Black boys and men were not safe in Los Angeles from the police, similar to the way it is today. I understand, I understood the pain of the Los Angeles angry children of God, and I was among them. It started affecting me. I started feeling angry too, although I enjoyed a multicultural, racially harmonious environment as a kid and went to UCLA feeling free as a bird. But back in 1992, when I started feeling angry and depressed because black people were being treated awfully in Los Angeles, I first talked to my big mama. She shared that when she was poor and living in the fields of Georgia, where where I sit on the porch to write to you, she used to crawl around the forest for begging God to help her. The details of her story were different from mine. I was in Los Angeles and she was in Georgia, but I got the point that Big Mama was not in the best of circumstances. One day she said God answered and told her that she should shout with joy and he'd take care of us. Shouting for joy no matter what. You're listening to me on the Shout Podcast. I'm bringing this plane home. I'm going to land it. After Big Mama explained the shout, I asked God, what should I do? 
I didn't want to be angry and bitter with Los Angeles angry children of God. And then God told me to shout too. So I turned the shout into an inspiration acronym. Here we go. Shine, have hope, overcome, use God's power, and take charge. And you can learn about it right here on the Shout Podcast. <clears throat> then God told me to write Hollywood producers smoke when I sh- smirk when I share this smoke. They smoke too. No, they smirk when I share this story, but I don't pay them no mind because God did tell me to write. And so I wrote on Edge, a novel. And in it, I unleashed the hurt I felt being a grown woman who as a little girl believed deep in my heart that the color of my skin would not matter. In it, I created a fictional grown woman who had to painfully accept that her skin color was a stain to some. Her name was Emma, and I lived through her. Then I wrote Just Got a Shout, an affirmation book, in honor of Big Mama's Shout story. Finally, I wrote Wings to Fly, a novel with the prettiest cover you ever want to see. The book covers represent my progression from seeing everything in black and white to appreciating all of the world's nuance and colors. Wings to Fly is full-blown color, yellow with blue and red butterflies. You can buy them all on my website by clicking in the story. Jeff Bezos' Amazon, please don't buy it there, although... I sent a blessing for his heart and all of his millions. If you buy it on my website, I'll sign it. The third thing to do is to ask what you can do for America. Next, all the angry children of God need to ask what they can do to make their country better. You know, as the very handsome late President John F. Kennedy told us to do. After having a conversation with Big Mama, I talked to God a second time and he told me to stop thinking about myself and to think think about those who were worse off than I. At the time, I had a house with three bedrooms, so I started thinking about people with two bedrooms or one bedroom or the people who didn't have a home at all. I settled on the latter group and started volunteering at homeless shelters in the city. I also started teaching in Watts, and that's where I began to offer the shout to parents in honor of a big mama. And to this day, I use God's way of thinking about others when I feel anger welling up in me. 1 Corinthians 13 is a great guide. Now, I always pray for people suffering due to the pandemic. There are people in food lines and millions have lost their jobs. This pandemic is a beast that has killed 400,000 Americans and left their friends and family to mourn. Thinking about all of those dead people and their sad family members makes me feel grateful to be alive. Anyway, find somebody, anybody who's doing worse than you and help them and it'll make you feel better. After I finish this, I'm sending a gift to my friend who just lost her husband because my husband is alive and well. The final fourth thing that we should always do, pray, always praying. Finally, I'm going to close with a prayer for our president. When Donald Trump won, I climbed into bed with a headache and it lasted for four years. 
During those four years, I didn't want to pray, but I did. Still, it didn't turn out so good with the insurrection and all. Joe Biden has been through pitch black nights, and I believe he understands the tender-hearted, angry children of God, black, white, and otherwise. He lost his wife and daughter in that horrible car accident right before swearing into the Senate, and every time he says Bo's name, name, I shout. Let's give him and Jill a chance. Let's do everything that we can to help them. There's a great People magazine article that I refer to in my piece. And in it, Joe Biden discusses the terrible time in his life. He says, for the first time in my life, I understood how someone could consciously decide to commit suicide. Not because they were deranged, not because they were nuts, because they had been to the top of the mountain and they just knew in their heart they would never get there again. When you're angry and living in darkness, you can't see the mountaintop. All you want to do is be a part of an angry mob and storm the Capitol, be a part of a riot and burn a city down. Many of us understand. Like I say, America isn't perfect. Life isn't perfect. And we've all experienced dark days. But I'm praying that we'll get to the mountaintop again. We can do it, America. In the same article that's posted in my piece, First Lady Jill Biden answers the question that many of us have asked in quarantine. How do you make a broken family whole? And her answer is the same way you make a nation whole with love and understanding and with small acts of compassion, with bravery, with unwavering faith. So I end with my prayer. Dear God, please transform the divided states of America into the United States of America. Somehow, you can do it, Lord. And that's it. Until next time. I send peace and love from my porch to yours.